everyone. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Falcon Cast, which is always the best edition of the week because AJ Hoffman is here. Uh, and you know, not to feed his ego, it doesn't you know, it doesn't need any feeding. But uh, we're out here at the Phoenix on Westheimer, and I got a few friends coming out. Uh, if you want to come out today, they do have a private party at five thirty, so get your ass out during the show and hang out a little bit. And yeah, I got a bunch of uh, uh, stuff to get to, but. You know what? Screw that. I just want to uh, bring AJ right on so we can get to it. Uh, AJ Hoffman joins us. What's up, brother? How you doing, Freddie? It's, you know, living the dream out here. It's We're almost to, like, fall weather. Like, you can go outside and not die. It's uh, it's it's kind of exciting. I hate you for that because it's not that here. That's uh, what I've heard. I've, <laughs> I've heard you guys have had a, va- a very Vegas-y uh, summer with no oh, rain and God. extreme heat. Yeah, if I wanted to live in the desert, I'd come out and live out there with you. Yeah. This is a desert with trees. That's all it is. <laughs> and they're all dying, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, man, uh, it's been an interesting week. I've had a lot of stuff happen. But, like, the coolest thing, you know, I've been having this neck problem, right? And I haven't talked to you since we played that golf tournament, and which was great. We had a great time. We all got drunk and high and everything else. But, like, my first swing, I hit the ball right on the club face, about as pure as I can hit it. And my whole body goes numb. Oh, no. <laughs> and the ball goes like 80 yards with a driver. And I'm like, oh, oh no. This is so embarrassing. And I could barely walk after that. And so, you know, once I got drunk, I could putt. And I made a couple putts for us because, you know, that's what I do. I'm an old man. Uh, but that night, my friend uh, uh, John brought one of his, you know, hot Asian friends with him to PJs. And I could barely walk over there, man. Like, I barely stand up. <laughs> And she's an amazing. I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. You, you know all these. You know John. You know how this works, right? Uh, but she's an amazing lawyer. But she also knows a lot about fucking massage, right? So she gives me this amazing deep tissue massage. That I mean, it hurt like hell. I hated her every second of it. But when it was done, man, I have felt like a champ ever since. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty good. So yeah, I won't be doing this the whole show. Uh, yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just got to get used to, I mean, like, I can hold my head up again. It's just I'm so used to being like that. Uh, but, man, it just, it worked, and it's better every day since then. So it's been That's good now. news. I'd like yeah. to see you in a neck brace, like, where it looks like you got in a car accident. You're working with, like, Saul Goodman. I, like, that would be, that's what I would like to oh, see. Oh, no, I've, I've got one. If, if Lawyer Dave can find me a case. Okay, like, well, there you I, go. I, I wanted to sue Uber a few weeks ago because this woman, Uber driver, bounces over a curb. And I go flying in the back. Of course, it's goddamn Camry, all right? I should just cancel any trip with a Camry. But I, I bounce my head on the top of the car. Same thing, man. My whole body goes numb. Oh. I'm, like, I'm like, really? How do you go over a curb here, woman? You know? There's a reason you're 4.87 stars. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm up to 4.96, man. I'm very proud of that. I haven't checked mine in a long time. I don't know what my rating is. Well, you probably don't use it that much anymore because, you know. Uh, but anyway. Hey, I, have a, I have a 15-year-old son. Yeah. Actually, 16-year-old. So he's got oh, his Jesus. permit. He, he's 16 now? Yeah. And uh, he actually got a, a job now. So he starts a job next or this weekend. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, but he's, he's my DD. I need, if I need to go somewhere, I need, I need to get home from somewhere. Uh, he's a phone call away. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I did with Katie for like two or three years. Right. And he, like, here's the best thing, Fred. Guess where my son got a job at? Well, I got him a job. Guess where it's at? 
at the bar that I go to all the time at Beer ah. Zombies. Yeah. So he's working. He'll, he'll be working like the food truck, and he's doing a bunch of dishes and cleaning and stuff like that. So I mean, it's all stuff that sixteen-year-olds can do at a bar. Right. Uh, but that it's perfect because now I, I just I, I go to work with him. I, I'm there until he's done work, and then I'm like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> you drive home, son. <laughs> yeah, I'll drive us there. You drive us home. I love it. I love it, man. That's awesome. Uh, you know, God, I remember when he was a puppy. You know, it's like. And it's fun because, like, I, you know, I follow all your photos and shit and see them growing up. And it's like, God damn. I mean, and, and, you know, both of them are such good athletes, too, and everything else. And, you know, you spent so much of your life taking them to God knows how many tournaments and things like that. And it's just kind of cool to see them grow up. But it's also kind of sad at the same time. It's like, it is. Well, and it's also weird when, like, my, my son's like six, four and a half. And yeah. it's it's weird walking around your house and there's like a grown man in your house. I, I I'm still not comfortable with it. <laughs> and then uh, I got a good story for my little one. He started up fall baseball, and he hits a ball out to the wall. It's a triple. It was a it, I mean it was a painful triple. Any other kid in the world would have rounded the bases. My kid is extremely slow. He gets to third base. I'm coaching third base. He suckered me into coaching. <laughs> so he says, uh, so dad, if it's a pass ball, do I go? I said, absolutely not. I said, it, it took you like an hour to get, to get here and you hit the ball to the moon. So he says, okay, first pitch, pass ball. What do you think he does? He goes. He goes. Guess yeah. what? Out He's at the out. plate. <laughs> I, I, you know? That that's uh, life with kids, man. Life with kids. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but I mean, his game is is at a good level right now. The little one. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. He just he he's not as um, he's not as into it as Jake was. So he, yeah. but he's also just more. Fi- he's physically bigger and stronger than Jake ever was. So when he hits the ball, it just flies and. Um, it's just if he had the same passion for it that Jake did and like the same work ethic that Jake did at his age, he'd, he'd be really good. But he's just got so many other interests. He wants to come home and play guitar and he likes to <laughs> skateboard and uh, play chess. And Jake didn't really have any other interests outside of baseball. He just wanted to play baseball. So uh, they're, they're way different. But it's frustrating for Jake, too, because Jake, who does everything technically right, sees Holden go out and swing like a caveman and hit the ball to the moon. And he's like, what the hell? This is, that's not supposed to happen. So, uh, but it, it, yeah, he, he's doing fine. He, um, he was like, he was on the all-stars last year and he actually would have gone on the, uh, with Henderson. Henderson went to the little league world series this year, but he, they didn't take any of the kids who were playing up. So, um, so he kind of got shafted, but that's, uh, that's the deal. You know, you know hopefully he gets a, a chance to do it again. Well, maybe they would have done better if they had. I mean, those are the better players, right? Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Uh, let me tell you about the Phoenix on Westheimer, where I am today. We were here last night for, uh, you know, I was going to I was gonna go to bed. And then my, my friend, Lawyer John, who AJ knows, texted me and said, oh, we're all going to the Phoenix to watch the Astros game. Get your butt over here. So I did. And we got here at the end, and it was right at the end of the Dynamo game. And, man, this place was packed. Because this is the best soccer bar in the city. And, uh, man, tomorrow for Premier League, if you have a Premier League team, doesn't matter who it is, you're going to watch them here. Uh, they have TVs for every game. They have uh, Celtic from the Scottish League and 
that's on all the time. They've got, uh, you know, they, the Champions Cup has started. They got that. Uh, in, so, yeah, if you like soccer, this is your place. And beyond that, man, it's just a, a really cool atmosphere, a really cool vibe, uh, a, lot of, a lot of awesome people. And Vu, who runs the place, does an amazing job. If you'll see him here all the time, I'm surprised I don't see him now, but I'm guessing he'll be here for their private party at 5.30. But uh, any, any sports you want to get into, and I'll come over here and watch Cougar games and stuff like that. Uh, it's just, it's like a high-end sports pub. Like, this is the highest-end pub that I go to, right? But it's not pretentious. And uh, it really is fantastic and great service, great food. Get your ass out here. And uh, you will enjoy it. So, uh, all right, let's get to uh, let's get to some sport, my friend. Uh, I want to start with college football last week because you know we spent a lot of time on that, and um, you know some of the games were every bit what we thought. I mean, the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I feel like uh, I said three was the right number on that game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I pushed, but hey, uh, the one that uh, actually. My last three max bets, all pushes. Oh. Well. Yeah, and, and it was uh, Rams plus three the other night because I was getting plus 100 on. I was getting even money on plus three. And I was feeling really good about it. So I unloaded. And, yeah, push. But, that sucks. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, at some point I'd rather lose those games at some point. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll take the money back, but it's kind of like I, you know. But, uh, man, uh, a few thoughts. I mean, Texas is real, man. What they did to Baylor, and I don't think Baylor's very good this year. Yeah. But, you know, Baylor was supposed to put up a fight at home. It, well, did. this is, to me, that's the what, what is different about this Texas team from some of the past several years is Texas playing an inferior talent team in the past would let them hang around in games like that. And Texas just put their, put their foot on their throat. And, um, you know, it, it, Quinn Ewers is man. He is turning into something, and I would. I thought we were going to see more of that last year, and I actually came into this season with my expectations a little tempered because he, he just didn't look like this guy a year ago. Quinn Ewers looks like one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the country right now, and when you when you add in that their defense is absolutely elite, uh, and they, and they have a ton of weapons, they're clearly a well coached team. They're very complete, man. They're they're one of the top teams in the country, and it's it's been a long time. Like it's it it's been there's been times in the past where you could say, oh, they're they're about to break into that, and then they didn't. Right. But this is the first time, I like probably since Mac Brown left, that you look at Texas and you say this is absolutely one of the five best teams in the country. Yeah. So that, that's uh that, that's saying something, and it, like you, I you maybe have to go back to like 2010. Uh, since you could say that it's, it's been quite a while. Well, and for you to say that about yours is pretty impressive because this is one of the best groups of college quarterbacks I've seen in a long time, bro. It is Uh, Michael, Michael Penix is unreal. I mean, obviously Caleb Williams, Drake may those guys, there's a, there's a ton of good college quarterbacks right now, but I'm telling you, Quinn Ewers is as good as any of them. So I've been really impressed with him. Drake may, uh, and, Bo Nix, by the way, who yeah. turned into a monster. And it's funny because somebody, friend of mine, friend of ours, tweeted out, uh, how is it that D- 
Dion is a 20 and a half point underdog to Bo Nix. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't respond. I thought about responding to the tweet and said, have you seen Bo Nix play at Oregon? Uh, I mean, this guy's a different cat. And um, he was, he was amazing. He's, he's, you know, and he's just gotten better and better and he fits that offense. And boy, we were both right about that game. It, It went almost exactly what I thought it would. Yeah, I mean, they're finishing games right now. And obviously, this is like, this is the sleepy week. Uh, you, you've got Oklahoma on deck. You're you're laying a big number to Kansas. I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable backing Texas this week because this is the kind of game where they usually have a, a bit of a letdown. Right, right. But, and especially with Oklahoma, I mean, considering they beat Oklahoma 49 nothing last year, I, I think Oklahoma's probably got look ahead this week too. So you've got Texas and Oklahoma, both big favorites, games they should dominate. But I'd buyer beware with both those teams because that game next week is what they, they've both been eyeing. And the winner of that game is in really good shape to win the Big 12. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, we talk about don't get in front of the uh, train. Yeah. Uh, Ordinarily, I would bet Kansas this week. Yeah, it's, it's not a good time to bet. Right, right. I, I, I don't want to bet against Texas. Uh, here's here's one, though, uh, getting back to Colorado. Uh, as bad as they were last week, I mean, USC's better than they are, but this team can score, and USC's defense is awful. So, I don't disagree. Um, here's what I will say, though. like Typically – the way to to punish USC's defense, which I I never say anything good about, but the the way to to punish them is to run the ball, and Colorado either can't or refuses to run the football. So I I don't know that they're necessarily built to put up a bunch of points. Um, SC, you're kind of you're come you, they came off a pretty per- disappointing performance too against Arizona State, right. but I, I I don't see how USC doesn't put up points here. Um, I don't. I don't think that Colorado is really built to to exploit the weaknesses. Um, but I, it's also, man, when you think about that game last week against Oregon, that was a forty-two to six game, and Oregon didn't score a single point in the last twenty-four minutes. Right. So it could have been way worse than it was. And now Caleb Williams currently isn't the Heisman front runner. This is a chance for him to put up Heisman kind of numbers. Um, you know, they, they don't have any look ahead. They've got a home game against Arizona next week. I, I, so I could see, I could see USC trying to put up a pretty big, uh, crooked number here. Yeah, I could see. I just don't think they're going to be able to stop them. So, I mean, uh, to me, it's an over game. Uh, but yeah, I think USC wins and I'm not playing the side, but, uh, I definitely think it's an over game. Uh, moving on to, uh, I, I'm going to say this and you can tell me I'm wrong. And I know we're early in the season. I think the best team I have seen, most complete team, is Washington. It is. That, that's that's who it is. No, I, that they are the team to beat, in my opinion. So, uh, it, it, at least that, that's what they've looked like so far. the The thing is, though, the Pac-12 is just so damn good. Yeah, top to bottom, like it, how, it's. How- how good was that Oregon State-Washington State game last Oh, it was incredible. And it's a bummer that one of those teams had to lose. It, but, that, I mean, I'm telling you, that that's how good this conference is. It's crazy that the last year of the of the Pac-12 is, like, the best the Pac-12's been in uh, since I can remember. Like, maybe yeah. ever. Because uh, there's always been a couple top teams. But this is, like, USC is great. 
uh, Oregon is great. Washington is great. Oregon State, Washington State, Utah. Yeah. UCLA is really good, and no yeah. one's talking about them. Arizona's not as shitty as they normally are. Right. Uh, and then there's been all the hype on Colorado. So it's like, it, it, I mean, it really, it, if you throw out Stanford and Arizona State, who are absolute bums, I mean, everybody else is pretty solid. Even Cal is a, a, Cal's a decent squad, and I, I like Cal this week uh, against Arizona State. But it, I mean, there are this. This is the best it's looked in a long time out west. All right, tell me I'm wrong. I like Oregon State a lot against Utah at home. Yeah, I, it's uh, the when it got to three and a half, I, I lost interest. But I, I do think that they're here's what I think about that game. It, we're going to see Cam rising. I think they saved Cam rising for this spot. Uh, he's been practicing. They thought he was going to play last week. But I don't think Cam rising, when he first comes back, is going to be what we know Cam right. rising to be. Right. Like, you got to consider that dude had an ACL surgery, like, not even 10 months ago. So he's not going to be – like. The, and the thing that made Cam rising so good is he's, his ability to run. And I, I don't think he's going to be able to run around. That said, Utah is so good defensively against the run. And obviously, Oregon State, they want to pound the ball constantly. I like this game to go under. Uh, this, this feels like a game that uh, neither team can get a ton really going. Um, but it, like I said, Oregon State's going to try to run no matter what. DJ Uyunglele had been good the first couple weeks and has yes. been meh and, since. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just don't – and the other thing, but to your point, Utah on the road is just not the same team as they are at home. And you can go back to last year when they lost that game at Florida at the beginning of the season. Right. And everybody thought, man, that's two of the best teams in the country. Well, it turns out Florida wasn't very good. Right. Well, like Florida was a, a, a very average team last year, and they lost to them. They almost lost to Baylor this year, and we don't think Baylor's very good. But Utah went to Baylor and was all out to, to beat them. So that is – uh, that's the concern about if you're looking to back Utah, which I, I'm not. I don't right. want to back Utah ever on the road. <laughs> but that's the concern is they're just not a very good road team. I love this Oregon State team. I took a futures on them to win the Pac-12, which took a, a, a hit last week, obviously. They're not dead, though. They're not. And they, they are going, like I said, they're going to run the ball against everybody. Utah is one of the only teams in the Pac-12 defensively that's built to really kind of slow them down. Um, but if if Oregon State gets past this, they're they're really live, I think, in the, in the conference. Yeah, I still think they are, despite that loss. I mean, that could have gone either way. That was a coin flip game, and you know, what and, and Washington State is another team that I've been kind of backing all season because they're really good too. Yep. And, and we just kind of forget about them because you know Washington's so good and everything else. You look at the Pac-12, it's like, hey. This team, this team easily beat Wisconsin. I mean, yeah. they're 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 a good team at Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I mean, the Pac-12 is so much fun to watch. But uh, let's let's uh, get back to the Big Twelve a little bit because you were talking about Baylor, and like as a UH guy, I'm looking at this conference now, and you know, I got the over four and a half. I actually feel pretty good about even about that, even with the Rice loss. 
because Tech's not what I thought they would be. Baylor's not what I thought they would Tech's be. Tech's bad. Yeah, and they get Tech at home this week. Now, I mean, they'll still make bad peg calls and play stupid football. But, you know, beating – and beating Sam Houston was kind of a, a mixed bag for me because defensively, Sam Houston was really good coming into this. I mean, they'd only given up 14 to BYU, which turns out BYU doesn't suck. They give 13 to Air Force. Air Force doesn't suck. But then they'd only scored three points coming into that game, and they managed to score against UH. So I'm not really sure what to make of this. But I do think – That's a weird team, Sam Houston. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was like – and I mean, they never had a chance. I mean, UH just dominated from the beginning. Uh, But I kind of feel like with UH, I think Baylor's in play now. I think Tech's in play now. I don't think they're winning all these games. I, th- I think West Virginia's in play. I think, I think I Cincinnati would... and Oklahoma State are in play. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State's not anything what we thought they were. Listen, here's what I've what I've said about the Big 12 and the new additions to the Big 12. The only team, in my opinion, and I get that BYU, like, the record looks good, but to me, the only team that came into the Big 12 this year that looks like they're on a Big 12 level right now is Central Florida. Right. Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU look behind uh, from a talent standpoint to me. I don't know how long it takes to build that up, but on the on the bright side, I think with all the turmoil in the Big Twelve, some of the some of the schools that have been better have not been getting the same talent. They've not been getting the same recruits that they'd gotten in the past. So teams like Baylor and, and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech and West Virginia. Teams that have been competitive in this conference for the last several years just don't look very good, and I, I really right. think a lot of what, like a lot of Baylor's problems, is they, they don't have a quarterback, and like Blake Shapen getting hurt was a huge blow to them. But also, Dave Aranda is supposed to be some sort of wizard on defense, and his defense sucks. So I, I just have a hard time believing that. I mean, outside of Texas and Oklahoma, maybe Kansas State. Kansas State looks really good. Yeah, but, Kansas State's a good team. But there's there's nobody They're else. Not- they're not sexy, but boy, no. they're really good football. But there's nobody else in that conference who you're like, oh, that they just can't win that game. So as much as I am kind of disgusted by what I've seen from Houston so far, and I, I don't, I, I think Dana Holgerson might just be a bad coach at this point. Um, I, I think that your your ticket is still live. I don't think they're going to get a bowl game, and I have the same ticket by the way, over four and a half wins. Right. I don't think they're going to make it to a bowl game, but I do think they win five games. You know that. It kind of hurts my soul because Dana's a friend. He's a drinking yeah. buddy. And you know what? We, we uh, I talked about this a lot when I was doing the national show with, with Greg. And I think you and I probably talked about it a lot uh, on the Blitz. But sometimes guys just forget how to coach. Like Kevin Sumlin, he forgot how to coach. Or, like, man, sometimes the game just passes you by. Yeah. And I think that happened to Jimbo Fisher. And you know what? Jimbo Fisher was smart enough to say, I've got to go out and find me an offensive coordinator that's going to help bring me into the modern era. And maybe that's what Dana needs to do. Maybe Dana needs to go out and find someone who can kind of spice things up because he's been running the same stuff for 100 years, and it's not working now. Like no, it's- it, And it's funny because we had a, a conversation in the offseason. I'm like, Dana, where's, where's the old school air raid? Where's the spread it out and – you know, because that's what I grew up with. That's what's always worked at Houston. He goes, yeah, but we, we have better talent than a lot of these teams. We can run the ball down their throat. And I'm like, 
I don't, I don't think so. You know, no. uh, just as an observer, uh, it's like you have better talent than Sam Houston. Sure, you can run the ball down there, throw it. Now, the play calling against them was pretty good. Um, they went back to the short passes, swing passes, the receiver passes, and they would do that, do that, do that, then bam, go deep. But that, you know what, Fred? That's what the air raid is. Here's the problem, though. Now you're in the Big 12. You're in, you're in a Power 5 conference now. You don't get any credit for beating Sam Houston. No. Like, that, that's that's the thing. Like, when you were in the American Conference and you beat another G5 team, it's like, hey, that's awesome. That's a good win for us. It's a good non-conference win. When you're in a Power 5 conference and you play a G5 program, you don't really get – you don't get pats on the back for that. That's what you're supposed to do. So, it's, if anything, now, like, you can say, yeah, you beat that team – but you lost to Rice, a team that a Power Five school shouldn't be losing to. So it's a it's a weird it's a weird deal like that change. And again, I don't know if UH was ready for that change. I don't know if they were ready to be held to that standard that getting a win over Sam Houston is meaningless and getting a, or having a loss to Rice is unforgivable. But that's what they've been thrown into now, and it, it that's it's it's tough to uh, it's tough to change your expectations. Yeah, and and the problem is. It, I mean, they have all the facilities to compete with all the teams that are going to No doubt. Up. And they've, they've got all the money. And I, I love Dana, but it's just like uh, I said, I don't think he's forgotten how to coach. I just think um, uh, maybe a little too arrogant going in. Like, oh, I've won in the Big 12, so I know what to do. And, yeah, this, this team isn't there. And, I, and I've said this all along. The difference between – the 12-win team was Marcus Jones going to the pros. He won three games for him with, with returns, right? Yeah. Uh, and then last year, difference between an eight-win team and this team, Tank Dell. I mean, uh, and it still drives me nuts that all these fucking Houston media idiots are like, where did this guy come from? We didn't see this coming. I'm like, and maybe watch college football. Maybe maybe watch the last two years and see that Tank Dell got Clayton too drafted, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy was – and, you know, he's just so talented. Which, by the way, okay, fantasy question for you. Uh, for my flex, Jabbar Gibbs or Tank Dell this week? Mm, it's Tough, hard right? to it's hard to sit Jameer Gibbs against a team that they can't really stop the run in, in Green Bay. Right. So That's where I'm leaning. And I think Tank will have a little bit of a bounce back. But my other receivers are some guys named Tariq Hill and Devontae Adams. I'd keep he, those guys in the game. Yeah, yeah he ain't cracking that. <laughs> keep those guys in the Well, who are your running backs that are, are ahead of Jameer Gibbs? Uh, Kenneth Walker and uh, Travis Etienne. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, those are those are tough to pull, too. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty loaded. This, this team – okay, so this is a funny story. Um that was the day of our the draft day. I told them, whatever you do, don't make it August 26th. Because we mm-hmm. have uh, this big charity event. I'm going to be out there all day. And, of course, I make it the 26th. Because I've won, like, two of the last four years and finished second the other year. And so I knew they did this on purpose. So I just got my phone on. And I did the draft while I was setting stuff up. And walked away with a team that you'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me that you let me draft these guys? And so my quarterbacks were Dak Prescott. Then I got Russell Wilson, the 12th round, dumped him for Brock Purdy. 
So, yeah. Well, it's uh, crazy. Russell Wilson's been pretty good, too. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like, so quarterback-wise, I'm fine. Uh, but I'm loaded at receiver and running back. Yeah, in my uh, in my big money league, I was like, I was very disappointed because I didn't get any of the quarterbacks I wanted. So I ended up with Dak and Tua, and Tua's worked out. Oh, oh, He's worked yeah. out okay so far. That, that, that worked out a little bit. <laughs> that was a happy accident. I was like, oh, I wanted Trevor Lawrence, and I didn't. Get, yeah, that's I got stuck with Tua. So well, until until his head falls off, I'm good. The one guy I wanted that went a pick before I took Russell was uh, Anthony Richardson. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, because I always want that developmental guy. Uh, but, man, I mean, th- this team is so loaded. As long as my guys don't get hurt. And, you know, if Walker gets hurt, I got Charbonnet. Yep. So, yeah. Well, and I don't know if you were ready to jump into the NFL yet, but as far as Tank Dell goes, like the Steelers and the Texans this week, I, I like the Texans as dogs. I-, I haven't made a bet on the game. But the only reason I haven't is because I worry that the Texans O-line, this is the week more than any other week where their patchwork, and that's even being nice, offensive line, uh, gets exposed. And we saw it against the Colts, who have a pretty good pass rush, six sacks. Um, The other two teams they've played don't really have a pass rush, so they haven't punished them that much. But now Pittsburgh, this is a pass rush team. It's hard to like. T- how many sacks does TJ Watt get by himself in this game? Like you're, oh. you're you're putting guys who were like practice squad guys up against TJ Watt. And, that's, and that's scary. And that's what scares me because the thing about TJ, he's just so fucking fast and so good. And listen, I I love what CJ Stroud is doing. Uh, and you know what's funny is like every every Texans fan got mad because Colin Cowherd compared him compared him to Jared Goff, and I'm like, that's not a bad comparison. No. Jared Goff is a pretty damn good player, and he's kind of right, you know? Uh, but, of course, oh, no, we need to compare him to Patrick Mahomes. And it, like, Fred, do you remember on the Blitz when Carlos Correa was, like, he first came up? Yep. And I said, you know what? If Carlos Correa turns out to be Nomar Garcia Parra, the Astros got a big win. And right. people, people were so mad that they were like, he's going to be so much better than Nomar. And I was like, man, you guys don't understand. Like, it's hard to be a Hall of Famer. Like, and oh, thinking God, that yeah. Car- like everybody thought Carlos Correa was the next A-Rod. And it turns out, like, I was the one who was optimistic saying he would be Nomar. Like, he's not even that. He's just, he's he's a good player. It, well, like, it- well, that's the thing. He's not even Nomar. I mean, he's good uh, when he's healthy. So when but, you say when you say uh, C.J. Stroud could be Jared Goff, dude, Jared Goff played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like if you're the Texans, if you're a Texans fan, take a look. Take a look at your team's history. If you get to a Super Bowl and get shut out by the Patriots, or well, it won't be the Patriots, but you get shut out in the Super Bowl. Probably be the Eagles right now, but yeah. you got to the Super Bowl. I yeah. mean, that, that would be just massive. If C.J. Stroud could take your team to the Super Bowl, that's awesome. So uh, if, if C.J. Stroud turns out to be Jared Goff, it's not a bad thing. Jared Goff's not a bad football. He's not I a know. bust. He like There's people who think he's this bust. He's not. He's a he's probably a, a, a top 12 quarterback, and everybody I, thinks – I think he's top 10. You look it, at what he's doing with the, the Lions. Everybody oh, thinks if you're drafted number one overall, you're supposed to be – you know Peyton Manning 
And it just doesn't work that way. Like, it, it, like there's a lot of guys who get drafted. It, to me, it's it, it, can you play in the league or can you not? Do you give your team a chance to make the playoffs every year? If that's what C.J. Stroud is, because that's what Jared Goff is, you're in good shape. Because I'll be honest, right now, it's funny because everybody shit on the Texans in this off on draft day because they gave up so much to get those the you know to trade up and everybody was worried about well what about next year's pick if it turns out that CJ Stroud is the best quarterback in this crop which right now it looks if you like- if they were redrafting today do you think the Panthers would take Bryce Young no I don't think so and again it's only been three games but. Bryce Young's already been hurt for one of them. Uh, like, I don't. I don't think there. I don't think there's any question that C.J. Stroud would go number one amongst the quarterbacks if the draft happened to, uh, today. The other thing, the the other guy who would be in the conversation to be number one overall is Will Anderson. So, the Texans got the best player in the draft and maybe the best quarterback in the draft. And if it turns out that they did, who cares what you gave up? Right. Who cares right. about next year's draft? Because yeah. you, if you got the best quarterback in this draft and the best overall player in this draft, which right now it looks like they did, you're in really good shape. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and Will Anderson, the last two games have been pretty lame for him. I, mean, Dude, I don't think so. I think no, that field goal block, block. No, that was big. Like, and that's that's not that's not a normal play. Like that's not like something that just happens sometimes. That's like a a freak. That's a Jadavian Clowney type freak play that normal humans can't cut through the line like that and he just did and I, I when I say Jadavion Clowney I know that hurts Texans fans feeling too but if Will Anderson ends up being Jadavion Clowney Jadavion Clowney was a really good player like it, that it's not a bad thing and I know everybody expected Jadavion Clowney to be Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor he's not but he was a really good player and same with Mario Williams I, I used to drive me crazy well, and that's the thing Mario Williams was a Terrific player for a long time. Oh, he was so good. Maybe he wasn't number one overall, but he wasn't worse than like five or six overall. Uh, well, look, think back. Would you have rather had his career or Reggie Bush or Vince Young? <laughs> uh, who, who was the other guy? There was a really good defensive tackle the Ravens got later. Was it Haloti Nada? Yeah, it was Haloti Nada. You're but not going to take a defensive tackle number one overall, no, though. Like, of course you aren't, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that sometimes when you when you draft these guys, you hold them to this expectation that they're going to be the, the greatest players of all time. And like sometimes it's like, man, if you if you get a draft pick, and the Tex- Texans fans should know this the most because they've had so many first round draft picks that just stunk. So it's like, or, or, or and second, third round picks that just stunk. Like if you've got a guy who is still you you can still use him, yeah. three four years down the road. You did awesome. If you've got a guy who, after year four, you've got to say, "Man, do we want a fifth year option on this guy?" And you say yes, that means you you hit on that guy. That's a good pick, right? So uh, the expectations of fans sometimes is just wild. Well, you know, I love Will Anderson. I, I think Will Anderson was by far the best player in the draft. I I think he's uh, Khalil Mack. I think that's his comp. And boy, you get that. Oh, yeah. you're in heaven. Yeah. But, I mean, watching him the last couple of weeks, I went by, back and watched the All-22 because there were two weeks there where we didn't hear his name other than the punt block or field goal block. Um, but watching him, he's getting triple teamed 
every play. Yeah. And he's beating two of them. He just can't beat the third by the time he gets to the quarterback. <laughs> and, yeah, they need somebody. On, they need Grenard or they need Hughes or somebody like that on the other side to get enough pressure that they can't do that. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's their next draft pick. I don't know. But, I mean, this kid, he's going to be Khalil Mack. I'm, I'm telling everybody right now. And prime Khalil Mack. But, again, if he ends up being Jadavian Clowney, I ain't mad. I'm not mad. No, and I don't give a shit they gave up their draft pick next year for that. I mean, like somebody said, oh, they might be able to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, like, okay, you mean the guy who gets hurt, like, every two weeks? Uh, that's what you're worried about? How about give me the tight end from Georgia, if that's what you really want? Uh, yeah. They're going to be in a position to draft that. So, you know, it, it's – I have no problem with what they did, and I have no problem with where they are. And I love D'Amico Ryans, and I love uh, the fact that I, – I mean, I love the fact that they've drafted players. Like, and, and, by the way, John Mechie looked pretty good last week in the few plays he got in. I mean, I, I think they've actually, they're actually – if they can get the offensive line healthy, they're actually going to be an average team. The things are going in the right direction. And the fact that we're seeing Stroud have success with no offensive line, with minimal weapons, really. Like a, a, a rookie is your best outside weapon. No running game. And that's the downside is like everybody thought Damian Pierce was going to be like the next big thing. Yeah, he's just I never a, thought that. He's just a guy. Uh, but and, and part of it maybe I don't think that I don't think the Texans offense is built to run the ball. But. The fact that C.J. Stroud's having any kind of success, given what is around him, is impressive to me. So I, I feel good about the direction. You've, you've still got a lot of pieces to put in place. But if you ask me right now, do the Texans have a quarterback? I, I think they do. And I never thought that with Davis Mills. I, I mean, it's been it's been a long time since it's been since Deshaun that since I thought Deshaun, that. Deshaun, yeah. And you know what? I, I think what really impresses me about him and my biggest complaint about Ohio State quarterbacks, and it's not their fault, but they're one-read guys. Yeah. Because their first read is always 10 yards open. So there's no reason to check down. But I'll, I'll say this. Watching CJ this week, he went one, two, three, four, every play. And and then would go back to one sometimes. Uh, and then if, you know, like when Tank was wide open, he spotted that. Uh, he's learned to read defenses. That he's learned to be more than a one-read guy. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if he's Jared Goff, I'll celebrate. That's, that's awesome. Well, how are you feeling about them against the Steelers this week? Uh, okay, so here's my concern. We talk about matchups. T.J. Watt against uh, whoever's playing left tackle, which right now it looks like Austin Deculus. Uh, that scares the hell out of me. Now, yeah. I will say this. I think. What I like about D'Amico and his staff, they adjust really well. So they'll have a tight end over there or they'll have a fullback. By the way, how about a fullback kickoff return last week? That's pretty wild. Yeah, how awesome was that? Didn't make top ten plays on SportsCenter, but anyway. <laughs> um, but, no, I think they will do a good job of at least chipping TJ and keeping him off him. But that's what concerns me because if Tussle's out there, I'm like, yeah. I'll take Tunsil against Watt. Watt will beat him every now and then, but Tunsil's going to win a lot of those. But right now, I'm like, oh, my God, Austin Deculus against T.J. Watt. That's not going to end well. 
No, and, but there is some some positive news. I I always I've, I've always talked about Tomlin and how Tomlin is the kind of coach that you want to back when everybody says they can't win. Right. Uh, like Tomlin as a dog is just incredible. Tomlin is a a road favorite of three or more points in his career. Thirty five percent ATS. Not good at all. So no, no and it, I can see that. Texans are a a very live underdog in my opinion this week. But see, my 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 thing is I've watched them get better and better each week. I've watched C.J. Stroud get better and better each week. I've seen D'Amico get better as a coach each week. But you know how it is with 17 games. Does that continue? I mean, you can right. get better and still lose. And you know, one thing I will say also is I, I, I try not to judge quarterbacks too early. I'm convinced Kenny Pickett is not good. Like, there's nothing oh. about his game that is like, "Ooh, this is exciting." Like, I I think they suck, man. I I, I just I don't I don't think I, their offense is the worst. They're Jets level. It, it, like, I would rather have Justin Fields than Kenny Pickett. Which is, I know it's like it, nobody believes me, but I'm telling you, at least I can picture a world where Justin Fields runs for a big play. Like, right? I, there's nothing I like about Kenny Pickett's game right now. Uh, I don't either. I mean, and, and the long touchdown he threw was just a fluke, right? I mean, that was a blown coverage, and he had yep. a wide open guy. I, I hate Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett <laughs> is uh, Kenny Pickett is a bad version of you know. All right, I'll, I'll go back. Blaine Gabbard. I mean, Blaine Gabbard had more physical tools than right. uh, than Kenny Pickett does. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about that pick. And watching him play, it's just like, you know, it's like some guys, like with Stroud, you know, you see these things that he does, and you're like, oh, shit, there's potential there. Would pick it. I mean, like the touchdown he threw to Tank. You know, Tank got open. It was a beautiful throw, and they pick it. Kind of did the same thing, but that was a fluke. There's a difference. Yeah. You know, it's like. And, and on top yeah. of that, Steelers can't run the ball right now. So. Yeah, and I'm very. Oh, uh, King of All Twitters says Christian Ponder. That's. Ooh, a, that might be a good one. That's a great comp right there. Uh, I was thinking Jake Locker. Jake could run a little better. Yep. The Christian Ponder. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing. It's like uh, – and I think the Steelers probably recognize that. So, if they do have a bad – I mean, and this is going to be a great quarterback draft. We were talking about earlier. There's yep. so many awesome quarterbacks. I mean, there, there's like five guys that I would take over probably 20 guys in the league right now. <laughs> the, the state of quarterbacking is not great in the NFL these days. Largo well, says I draft Sam Ponder. Oh yeah. Uh, you know I. Uh, no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to make the inappropriate joke. I, I would do the fullback dive, but you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but all right. So uh, what do I have here before we we get on to the games? Um, I need to tell you about my good friends at. Uh, hang on a second. Lanham Industries. Uh, my, my buddy who, who runs this company and guys, sometime in the next three months, I'm going to get all my movie deals done and I'm moving to Lake Livingston, right? And they're the area leader in quality service for your home. 
And whether it's a vacation home, whether it's a weekend home, whether it's like what I'm going to do is just live there. They've got consultation services to find everything, decor and theme, price points, uh, one-stop shop for everything. So even if you already have a place out there, and you guys know I love me some Livingston, um, cleaning, lawn care, laundry, maintenance, inventory management, property management, all those are available. How much of that do you think I'm going to do? None. So I'm going to hire them. Uh, highly trained, dedicated crew, and as uh, AJ knows, veteran-owned and operated. And we support veterans here all the time. Uh, and five-star rating from everything. Just go to LanhamIndustries.com or hit me up, and I will, I will hook you up with him. And, you know, uh, AJ, it's so funny. I had this really cool comedian on Monday. Uh Afghan veteran, uh, just a nice, nice guy, but he's also got a combat dog, and they're both mm-hmm. going through—they're both going through PTSD shit together. Mm-hmm. So he always, he brings the dog with him everywhere for his comedy shows, and we we probably did a few inappropriate jokes, but uh, he'd never seen the movie Dog. Which is about that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. And I feel like if I had one of those dogs, I certainly would have watched it. Right. Well, so I was talking about it. It's like, it it looks like a comedy when you watch the trailers. But when you get into it, I I have to say it's one of the most poignant fucking things I've ever seen. It's about Channing Tatum and this dog connecting. And he's supposed to take this dog to, to Arizona to get killed because it was a combat dog. And, I mean, the first part's funny, and the rest of it, I have to say, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And so if you get a chance to watch it, if, if that doesn't get you in your feels at the end, then you're not a human being. And I think once you, especially former military, once you see it, you'll be like, holy shit. That, that's what it did to me. So, anyway. And then the other thing I watched this week, because I, you know, I can't sleep at night, so I get up at, or Kara gets me up at three every morning. So I watch Pacific on Netflix. Have you seen that? No. Actually, the funny thing is, about halfway through, I'm like, I know I was drunk when I watched this before, but I watched <laughs> it on HBO because you can, I can remember parts of it. Uh, my only beef about it, it was like a little too, uh, it was too much. It was like they were trying to do Saving Private Ryan times 10. And so they did that every episode. And I'm kind of like, okay, I get these guys went through that. But I'd ra- rather see him fucking the Australian chick. You know. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. All right. So uh, Largu says, Fred Davis thinks. He's Channing Tatum in his mind. Uh, you know, I, I like Fred, but no, he ain't no Channing Tatum. No, Channing Tatum's very hot, though. Yeah. Chan- very Chan- handsome guy. Yeah, it, you know, and if Channing Tatum were ever to move to the Montrose and be into old guys <laughs> with a dog living by themselves, I'd probably go for it. You might change <laughs> change things up a little. Yeah, I'm not going to. It's funny because I had this conversation with a friend the other night. He's like, you know you're a gay eight, right? And I'm like, yeah. Because every gay guy in Montrose loves you, right? And you got this goddamn beautiful husky. 
like, yeah, uh, listen, it's not for me, okay? Uh, but he's like, no, you, you should give it some thought. And I was like, no, I'm not giving it thought. <laughs> if, if they don't have a vagina, it's not happening, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah, if they want to get the surgery, we'll talk. But otherwise. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's blast through the NFL games because I uh, love doing that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for – doing the show with me every week we have so much fun love it man uh, you know it's, it, it's like old times it is like old times and you know it's kind of cool because and it's funny because now that we're doing this again people are asking me all the time it's like uh what was the most fun thing you and aj ever did together and i'm like huh that's a good question uh, it was probably the night we were in vegas and you and Roger were like in the last three of the poker tournament, and I bubbled. And then I went over and started playing cash and just started cutting these fuckers up like <laughs> crazy. And then you guys split first and second. And uh, that might have been my favorite. That and the guy. It, it was certainly a Vegas night. We've had some good nights in Vegas, man. Those were. Uh, yeah. It was a lot. Vegas was a lot more fun before I lived here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had we had fun the last time I was out there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But it's a yeah. uh, it's it's a little less de- uh, less less debaucherous now when I got to go home to my family at the end of the night instead of pass uh, out on a hotel room. And I I will tell you off air what you know I like I liked her a lot. I got to tell you off air what thirty and I. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll just say this, and and nobody knows who we're talking about. But She's banned from Pete. Well, actually, anybody who's a DJ Saturday and I knows she's banned. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that story later. But anyway, let's. Uh, <laughs> but we had a great time, man. And and you know what though? Uh, this was said when I come out in December. I just want to spend a couple extra days and hang out with you and and see the boys. And see yeah, Annie. let's do it, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, our uh, NFL games this week. All right. Let's start with tonight. Uh, I don't, I don't like road dogs on Thursdays, but I kind of feel like Detroit's going to eat their ass. I could see that. Um, I'm not, if you had told me Detroit was going to be better on defense than offense through three weeks, I would have thought you were crazy. Like the whole thought coming into the season, it was like, well, the lines are so good on offense. If they have anything on defense, they're good. Well, it turns out their defense has been really good. Their offense has been kind of meh. Um, so I'm not sure how to feel about them right now. My look at the game tonight is an under. You've got so many injuries on both offensive lines. Um, it's just hard for me to see either team getting comfortable. We did a, a same game parlay on on a, we do a pot like DraftKings has us do a, a special podcast every week with yeah. a Thursday night same game parlay. And so we were looking at the Packers numbers and what they do is, they they're not a very efficient offense, but they hit chunk plays. Yeah. So we looked at it as and there's a if you if you play this on DraftKings, it's anti-correlated, so you get a better payout. But we did under total yards uh for um for Jordan Love and over longest pass, over 35 yards. So assume he's gonna go under his total but have a big chunk play. We parlayed that with the the games under, and it was like plus four hundred. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for tonight is a low-scoring game, 
Jordan Love hits a big play or two, but doesn't do much else. Hey, how how'd your feel last week? Because it seemed like you were all over it except for Jones. The, the, yeah, the 49ers didn't get – they didn't get enough separation. Like we needed Daniel Jones to be chucking the football, but he right. just, they, they never did because the 49ers didn't get far enough ahead. Like uh, I, I, I just projected that game being a blowout and uh, it, it just never turned into one. I mean, the, the final score says uh, the, the Niners handled business, but the game flow just didn't work for what we had planned. All right. I know we're a little late, but time to just blast through the NFL. Real quick. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's, Let's go to London. And by the way, that was one of the best trips of my life. Is oh, that was awesome. Texans in Jacksonville, and uh, Eric and his wife were there, and you and, and we just had the best time together. And it was uh, it's one of those things that I, I'll never forget. But um, I'm not going to go see Atlanta and Jacksonville. <laughs> but I, I feel I feel like the Jags have a huge advantage here because they have done this a bunch. Yeah, and I think the the Jags or excuse me the the Falcons got a little bit exposed last week. Um, they had under 200 yards of offense. Detroit had 10 penalties for 119 yards, and somehow the Falcons still only scored six points against the Lions. Yeah, the the way to beat the Jags is through the air. Uh, they're top five against the run, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna do exactly what Detroit did. They're gonna force Atlanta to throw the ball. And to me, if you're saying Desmond Ritter, you got to do this, I, I, I don't like that. Um, favorites in London, 19, 10, and 1. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to like about the Jags here. And also, the, like you look at the final score against Houston and you go, oh, what a disaster for the Jags. The box score wasn't there. The, the Jags had more yards. They had more first downs. Right. They just couldn't convert on third downs. They had the failed fourth down. The Jags weren't as bad last week as the final score suggested. So – I think the Jags are the play here. Yeah, they they gave up the the kickoff return. They gave up a couple of turnovers. Yep. Uh, no, I, I mean I think in that game was actually they got it back to where it was competitive. So yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not counting last week's. Plus the Texans just find a way to beat them. Yep. Um, I have no side on this, but I can't wait to watch it. Miami Buffalo. Yeah, the problem for me is, and RJ and I disagreed on this game. He's on the Dolphins. I'm on the Bills. Uh, Bills, too. The line says that these are even teams, and as good as Miami's looked, I can't get there, and here's why. they are. These are the top two teams in DVOA. The Bills are the fifth-best offense. The Dolphins are the first offense. The Bills are the second-best defense. The Dolphins are the 21st-best defense. Right. If you tell me you've got two elite offenses, one elite defense – those aren't equal teams. And Buffalo has dominated this matchup historically at home. They've won seven straight in Buffalo. They've won 11 of the last 12 in Buffalo. And it feels like, I don't know, I think the Bills losing to the Jets week one really changed people's perspective that maybe they're not an elite team. Uh, and if you, if you said, let, let's say the Dolphins lost that coin flip game week one against the Chargers, would we be feeling the same way about the Dolphins? Everyone's very high on the Dolphins right now. And listen, the offense looks great. That defense is not very good. And they're about to be they're about to go up against an offense that can really put up some points. Uh I I, I lean to Buffalo here, but I'm probably gonna play a Bills team total over because that's the that's the one thing I'm sure about where the I think the Bills have a certain advantage over the Dolphins defensively. 
Uh, I'm going to give you a number of teams that score 60 or more points, one in six against the spread the next week. Oof. That's good. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good number. So that backs you up a little bit. Yep. All right. Uh, Denver, Chicago, and by the way, I'm I'm picking your brain for like we're in that circa Survivor contest, uh-huh. and nine million to the winner. Right. We're in great shape. We're we're unbeaten, and everybody had the Cowboys last week. Right? Oh man, yeah. A lot of Survivor was murder last week. A lot of teams fell off. So we're still alive. So if you. you See a team that you say, hey, Fred, maybe you do this. Please tell me. Uh, I'll kick you something back. But uh, Denver, Chicago, there's a part of me that would say, yeah, Denver would be good at this, but I just don't trust this Denver team. No, these and, are they're, they're two just dreadful defenses. It, it, Denver's the only way I could look because only one of these teams has a competent quarterback. And to, right. to his credit, Russell Wilson's looked a lot better than what I thought. Um but listen, the, the, and the seventy point showing is fresh in everybody's mind. But remember, the Broncos almost beat Washington, and they almost beat the Raiders. The Bears haven't been competitive yet. Right. This is this is this number is going to blow your mind. So you would think you would think that Denver, who lost a game by fifty points, would have the worst like scoring differential in the league. Right. They've lost their three games. By a total, the, the Bears have lost their three games by a total of nineteen point six points per game. The Broncos sixteen. So the Broncos lost a game by fifty and still have a better scoring differential than the Bears. That's how bad the Bears have been. So with, even with a, a fifty point loss, Denver's been more competitive than the Bears have. Wow. Uh, all right. So next up on the list is. Uh... Baltimore and Cleveland. Hey, you know what? Last week when Justin Tucker kicked that field goal, I've never seen him leave one short, even from 61. It's wild how many people were like, I can't believe Justin Tucker choked. And it's like it's crazy to think that Justin Tucker has made it where people just expect him to make 61 yarders like they're yeah. like they're 40 yarders. No, I, I don't think he choked. I was just surprised that I've never seen him leave one short. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while, but yeah, that's uh, it, it's crazy that the bar that he's set for himself that no other kicker in the history of time has been held to. Like t- ten years ago, if someone made a 60 yarder, it was like a miracle. Right. And now it's like I cannot believe Justin Tucker missed a sixty-one a yard field goal. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. But uh, I, I like the Browns this week. Uh, they defensively are elite, and they, they dominated Tannehill last week. Their DVOA defensively is about three times better than the best defense was last year. Right. So they're just incredible, and much like Tennessee. Baltimore has a banged-up offensive line, and Lamar ranks 32nd in passer rating under pressure this year. Uh, Another place that the Ravens are banged up in the secondary. That's part of why Deshaun had such a good game for Cleveland last week. I think that's repeatable. And one thing that's changed for Deshaun, we talked about this on the Dream Pod, Deshaun, since Nick Chubb is out, Deshaun is back in the shotgun. And Deshaun sees the field so much better in the shotgun than he did when he was under center. So now that they're not a run-first team with Nick Chubb, he's taking his shots from the shotgun. I think you can expect Deshaun to look better uh, because he just doesn't see the field as well. He's These modern quarterbacks aren't used to working under center. And for some of those guys, it's uncomfortable. And I think that's the, that's the case for Deshaun. A lot of shotgun last week. He looked really comfortable, saw the field well, made some big plays. I just think mentally he's a little off still. 
By oh, the way, I'm sure. So they're setting up for this party at 5.30. I have to say, the woman who's setting it up, uh, she's a 10. Okay. So, yeah, well, you're a four, I, so that's not going to... I know. I'm a hard four. <laughs> I'm a hard four. But, uh, all right, let's uh, let's blast to a few of these others, and then we'll cut it off, because we, we've gone over, but I don't really care, because I just love talking to AJ. Um, so, Cincinnati, Tennessee, anything there? I, I like Tennessee here, and Would think you? about this. Cincinnati was a two; they closed a two and a half point favorite at home last week against the Rams. Now they're two and a half point favorites on the road against Tennessee. Are are the Rams that much better than the Titans? Nope. That doesn't make sense. And I get the Bengals got to win finally, but Joe Burrow still doesn't look right. Uh, they they don't he doesn't look right at all. And no. I love getting Vrabel as a home dog, particularly coming off an embarrassing loss because the Titans were embarrassed last week against Cleveland. Last year in week two, Titans lost 41-7 to against Buffalo. The next week, they were two-point home dogs to the Raiders. They won that, that they won that game outright. Yeah. This feels like a very similar situation. I don't, I don't like going against Tennessee. I don't like going against Mike Vrabel as a dog, particularly when they've just been embarrassed. I think you get an all-in effort from Tennessee here. And again, I, I'm not going to pay premium prices for Cincinnati right now until Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow again, and he just right. hasn't hasn't looked that way this year. And everything I hear about that calf injury is he might not look right all season long. Like this right. might be what Joe Burrow is, and if it is, Cincinnati's not an elite team. No, that's an that's an eight and nine team if that's what he is. Yep. Um, how about Rams at Colts? Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I, I don't. I don't have a lot on this one. Um, Rams have been much better against the pass than the run, so I think the Colts need Anthony Richardson back. Uh, but the the Bengals got to Stafford six times last week. The the Rams have a lot of injury issues on the offensive line, and this Colts team has been good. Uh, the pass rush has been good. Um, they they're second in the league in sacks. They've got twelve sacks. So I I think both these teams are just a, they're both better than what we thought they were coming into the season. Right. Um, it, this the, the number feels about right for me. Uh, okay, how about uh, Tampa and the Saints? I, I can't really do anything with this because I don't know where Derek Carr is. Yeah, I, I, I well, here's what here the Saints signed Jake Luton because Jake Hayner's still suspended, which tells me they needed a backup this week for Winston. So I'm assuming that Derek Carr's not going to play, and I don't want Jameis Winston as a favorite. Jameis eight nineteen and one as a favorite. Yeah. Um, the Saints are four and ten ATS as favorites under Dennis Allen. Uh, they are one and six ATS in division under Dennis Allen. I, 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 I guess you know if if you, with such a low total, forty and a half, I, I guess I'd look to back the dog here, but I probably won't. The key to beating Baker Mayfield is getting pressure without, right. like, if you can get natural pressure with your front four, then you're going to beat Baker. The Saints can do that. So I, I, it'll be a pass for me. Um, all right. So I'm thinking of taking the Eagles in the suicide pool this week. I, I like the Eagles. I, I almost bet them against the spread. I still may bet them against the spread. I think the commanders stink. They got exposed last week. Right. It, like the everybody was so excited. Oh, Sam Howe can play. Well, Sam Howe could play against the Broncos defense. Last week against Buffalo, he didn't. He never had a chance. And no, the idea they, that they had to put up a, a mercy field goal in the last minute to not get shut out is embarrassing. This is a, and the Eagles are the best run defense in the league per DVOA. 
Uh, that means Brian Robinson, the, the best offensive player, it seems like, or at least their best weapon this year, is going to be kind of taken away. Um, and the Commander's D, which everybody thought was their strength, is just average at best. Jalen Hurts, it's funny, the Eagles, they're 3-0, and and until last week, I was like, man, this just doesn't feel like the same Eagles team. Right. Last week, Last week it felt like the Eagles. Uh, so Jalen Hurts has the flu, and they still dominated that game. I, I, that's a good sign to me for the Eagles. So, I mean, do you feel okay if I take them as my suicide pick this week? I think, I think that's probably – well, if it's either them – or, or one of the two massive favorites, either San Francisco or Kansas City. Well, I've already um, burned San Francisco, so. Then I, it's yeah, it's pro, it's probably uh, Philly. Then. All right, let's uh, let's blast these last few in about fifteen seconds or less. Cause All right, we're, we're way over. Uh, Minnesota, Carolina, anything? No, uh, Minnesota shouldn't be laying four points against anybody. Um, no. If Andy Dalton played, I would like Carolina plus four, but I, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, Minnesota, all they do is win or all they do is play coin flip games. So if you're saying almost all their games are like three point games, I, I'd lean to the side getting four. All right. So uh, Pittsburgh, Houston, we already talked about, so we'll pass on that. But uh, Raiders and Chargers. It looks like Brian Hoyer is going to play. And if that's the case, man, the Raiders are, are screwed. Yeah. They, they stink against the pass, uh, which is bad news against Justin Herbert to begin with. Uh, Austin Eckler's back at practice, and they had no running game without him. I, I there's just no way I can back the Raiders with with Brian Hoyer playing. But they're going to have a home like the Raiders who are at the Chargers will have a home field advantage. There will be more Raiders fans and Chargers fans there. Uh, but uh, this is one of those games where I feel like Herbert can just eat. Well, and it's funny because, and I don't want to get into it too much because we don't have much time left, but. The Raiders-Chargers game was two of the worst coach games at the end of the – Yes. I mean, I, that was just so bad. Anyway, all right. Uh, New England New England and Dallas. I, so, I think, I think what we've seen is the final scores of Dallas games have kind of blinded us to the fact that their offense is not very good. So, no. like, they, they put up 70 points in the first two games, but – it was a lot of turnovers. It was blocked field goal returns. It was uh, a bunch of field goals. And then last week was their best week from an offensive production standpoint, and they got beat. Uh, the Patriots are hard to blow out. We saw them hang in there with Philly. We saw them hang in with Miami. Way better offenses. I, I think that I think they can hang in in this game. So I, I, I like the Patriots plus seven here. Uh, how about... I mean, Arizona may be one of the best coach teams in the league. I mean, they're not any good. But, you know, we talked about this before the season started, that they're trying to lose. And I don't have, think that's the case. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think – I mean, I don't think the players and the coaches are. Yeah, uh, it, they still have a bottom five roster. But here's, here's why I like the 49ers this week. Think about this. Dallas was at Arizona last week. Dallas was minus 13. At Arizona, I think San Francisco's better than Dallas. San Francisco's at home, and I only have to give up one more point. Right. Uh, I, I feel like there's still some value here. And since Purdy took over at quarterback, the Niners 7-0 ATS at home. Their average win margin's over 16 points a game. That includes two playoff games. That includes a, a game against Tom Brady. Like Brock Purdy's a beast at home. And teams that are double-digit dogs that win outright and then our double-digit dogs the next week, 30% historically ATS. 
All right, uh, Chiefs at New York. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are going to win this. Yeah, I mean, I, you, there's nothing to like about Zach Wilson, and the Chiefs' defense looks way better than it, than I expected it to. This Chiefs' defense is pretty nasty with Chris Jones out there. All right, and finally, uh, Seattle at the Giants. Not sure what I think. I, I kind of like Seattle here, but that's a that's a long road trip, and I, I still think the Giants have something that they're – that is going to pop at some point. I don't know if it's this week, but. I, I think that the, the Giants' biggest problem is, and uh, Scott was looking at like, well, Giants at night, Giants on the road, blah, blah, blah. I said, just look at the difference in Daniel Jones' numbers when Saquon Barkley plays versus when he doesn't. Right. And that's the big that's the big difference maker. When Saquon Barkley's yep. not on the field, Daniel Jones stinks. And no one respects the Giants' offense when Saquon when there's not a threat of the run, and Matt Breed is completely washed, so he's not a threat. So right now, Daniel Jones just he he can't do anything because they they're so bad at running the football. No right. one's respecting them. All right, uh, that's AJ Hoffman and brother. I appreciate you sticking around. We went a little over uh, before you leave. Say hello to our buddy, Lawyer Dave. Hey, Dave. How you doing, buddy? Hey, AJ. I'm really delighted to hear you uh, give your analysis. I relied upon it for years and made some money right on, based man. upon your picks. Where are you at? Are you yep. at a, a Lowe's or something? I'm at Costco getting tires put on my effing Denali. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of his So four- I'm sitting on a couch in the middle of the store <laughs> having this conversation. Good like times. some dumb putts. Yeah, but that's, that's it is good times. Hey, I'll be out there... Uh, uh, second week in November, second weekend. I'll get a hold of you. Maybe we'll get a cocktail. Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, actually, last night was a complete surprise to me because our buddy, lawyer John, who's also here, had been playing tennis all night, and I knew Dave was playing basketball. So he sends me a text and says, hey, let's go watch the Astros at the Phoenix. And I'm like, Dude, I'm tired. It's like 8.30 or whatever. No, no, I come over. I come over here, and Lawyer Dave's here, and Tiny Tank, and, like, all our friends. I'm like, is this some kind of surprise party? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't for me, but, it was, yeah, but it was fun. But anyway. Uh, it was fun. But, no, I mean, I, I'm so fortunate to have so many. Okay, so I'll tell both of you guys this. One of the other women that I talked to last week. Jeez, man. Oh, my Lord. No, she totally cut me off because I said, listen, my life is like English soccer, right? I have the Premier League, which, you know, you guys are in the Premier League. And there's the Champions League, and there's Division One, there's Division Two. If you want to get in the Premier League, I have to relegate somebody. So you kind of got to be a badass, right? She, she did not like say. She, did not she probably like didn't like you talking about soccer, is my guess. Maybe. No, no, actually, she was from Finland, so I kind of thought oh, okay. maybe, maybe she was into it. I, well, she probably didn't, wasn't into you because you're like, she's probably hot and you're, you're a hard I'm a four. four. A four. A four. A four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AJ, did, uh, did Fred tell you about his uh, stone throwing event with Allison? No, oh, I've no, not no, heard that Dave, one. Please don't talk about that. <laughs> no, don't, don't talk about it by name. I, I did mention it, but no. I, I, listen, she's, she's got a we'll lot We'll save of, that one for off air, I no, guess. No, no, we, we can't talk about that on air, okay? <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave, you're a lawyer. You know better. 
Yeah, I do. I really, yeah, I should know yeah, better, huh? You weren't, you weren't supposed to say that, brother. <laughs> I just made a simple comment. I didn't go into the story just in talk, length. I didn't at all. Talk about your goddamn law firm now that you've, you've told me. <laughs> well, listen, uh, if you didn't get any kind of trouble, like people are throwing stones and hurting you, then you might have a claim against that person, and Lawyer Dave's the one to help you out. So give me a holler, 713-626-8900. Fry me through Fred. He sent me a couple of really good cases lately, and he's a dear friend of mine, of course. And uh, if you got any kind of legal question, I'll be glad to answer it. If I don't handle it, I'll send you to somebody who will. So any kind of legal needs, you better dial Dave. Right. And, you know, the cool thing is it doesn't cost you any money, right? My little brother. Absolutely uh, not. By the way, if you're out, John Paul is going to meet me over at PJ's in a little bit. Uh, my youngest brother got hit by an 18-wheeler, totally messed up his neck. Dave got him sent to a doctor, got him x-rayed, uh, and, yeah, he's going to wind up cleaning up. So, Yeah, he may, he may require surgery. We've got all those doctors in various parts of Texas that help out these folks without any money up front. And so that helps people that can't afford medical care, serious medical care, get the treatment they need, get back on the road to recovery. So we're glad to offer that assistance. No, he's, he's not just a great lawyer. He's a great friend, even though he never should have said that about. Uh, what, <laughs> what was her name? Candace. Yeah, her name was I didn't Candace. say anything. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I'll have him on with AJ's on because, boy, we've had uh, so much fun in Vegas together. And Dave and I have so much fun here. I mean, we hang out a couple times a week at least. But yep. next trip to Vegas, AJ, I promise you I'm coming out a few days early just to hang out. And then I'm going to go win that goddamn tournament and, you know, buy some really attractive Thai hookers. That's I'll, get my, uh, I'll get my liver ready. <laughs> uh, good, good idea, AJ. Nope. That's a good idea. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, uh, honestly, these are two of my favorite people in the world and to the woman who got mad at me about my premier league, uh, they're at the top of the premier league table. So if you can beat this, okay, but you better dress up like Cleopatra or something. Cause I, I don't see it. All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, wow. We went way over today and I don't care because whenever AJ's here, it's, AJ's here. It's great. Whenever Dave's here. It's Absolutely. Great. Uh, but thank you guys so much. And, and thanks everybody to listen for listening or watching, or whatever you're doing. And yeah, this last shot is kicking in, so I'm just going to say, uh, stay sportsy, Gulf Coast badasses. Have a great day. All right, man. See you next week. Yes, All right. Thanks, man.